0: The following Sleep Better podcast is brought to you by the Sleep Forum. For more information, visit thesleepforum.com.
1: Hello, this is Ruth Marion. I'm with the Sleep Forum, and I'm here today with Ed Harold. Ed Harold is an author, motivational speaker, inspirational leader, coach, and educator. I'm so happy to be here today with you, Ed. Hi, nice to see you here.
0: Ah, oh, Ruth, it's so fantastic to connect with you and your Sleep Forum audience on this beautiful spring day.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much, Ed. Today, we're going to be speaking with Ed about the role of proper breathing for optimal health, well-being, and sleep, especially now during this horrific time of isolation during COVID-19. So, Ed... Thanks so much for joining us. I do think this is a, a really important topic for our listeners to hear, and any tools that they can take away that will help them get through this time and then use these tools moving forward as we get through this is just invaluable. So thank you very much for being here today, and I'm going to let hand the mic on over to you so that you can, uh, that that is virtually, so that you can um, tell us a little bit about Yourself and uh, how you got in into this.
0: Well, thank you, Ruth. I was uh, born and raised in a little beach town in southern New Jersey called Ventnor, New Jersey, and I grew up a, a rambunctious, athletic boy in the beach in the ocean, playing all sorts of uh, Western sports—basketball, baseball, basketball, everything that a kid played in the 70s and 80s—and uh, it was just a great place to grow up. With great parents, great relationships, and Uh, eventually life uh, took me out to the West, and I've lived in Colorado for a while, and now I live in Utah, and, you know, life is just great, and about 25 years ago, I started a company called Go Be Great, and it was just an extension of everything I was doing in my childhood, which was, number one, supporting my dreams, supporting my passion, supporting my purpose, trying to be the best son I could be, the best father I could be, the best athlete I could be, the best business owner I could be. And basically, it grew into uh, a program where I became a breath expert. And I take this breath education and curriculum, and I've woven it into three predominant areas that I work in. Number one, I work in the healthcare field, where I provide CE trainings for uh, physicians and nurses and people in the healthcare field about the importance of breathing and meditation and mindfulness and mindful movement of the body to reduce stress and anxiety and produce mental peak performance states in the mind. I also work with corporate America in regard to keeping employees uh, healthy, happy, loving, joyful, creative, intuitive, working at peak levels uh, in the mind while keeping the heart rate and blood pressure down. And in the work environment, it's an endurance event. So we want to keep the employees and the management teams in a fat-burning mode all day long. As fat is an endurance fuel, it's a much more efficient fuel than glucose or sugar, and it's a much more efficient way to move through the day with the lowest heart rate as possible, with optimal blood pressure, optimal thinking. And when we can go through these strategies during the day, it's a seamless transition from conscious to unconscious. So we can drop into those deep delta waves and get a beautiful night's sleep. And I also work in athletic America. I work with teams and individuals producing peak performance, winning medals, uh, optimal training modalities, but it all revolves around controlling the breath. When we can begin to control the breath, we can discipline the mind We have optimal patterns of movement in the body, which leads to greater results and less wear and tear on the parts of the body that are active when we move. But we're all athletes. You don't have to be uh, in a training regimen or a fitness regimen to be an athlete. Every single day, as soon as we get out of bed, we are all athletes, and it's important that we have some cardiac resilience. It's important that we have strong digestion and elimination. And it's very important that we have a quality mind rather than a quantity mind, meaning that let's have the highest quality of focus and thinking and activity today in the mind rather than thought, 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 what I call quantity thinking, which sometimes is difficult to manifest our goals. So that's where I am right now in my life, Ruth.
1: Yeah, you know, it sounds to me, especially during these times, that and I know for myself that I'm finding it very hard to stay focused. And it sounds to me like what you're offering um, are techniques that we can use to help us, especially now when we're cooped up, to stay focused and not and not and, and to get the job done um, and to be efficient um, in yeah. what we're doing, whether it whether it be physical, as an athlete would be doing, or whether it be a mental task or uh, whatever task we're doing, is, it tells me, and you know, so that's, that's awesome. Um, ha, I, you know, we need to talk about a little bit about how do you do it, you know? H- how do you learn it? How do you practice it? What is
0: it? Yeah, so, you know, breathing is something that takes place on its own based on the intelligence of our autonomic nervous system. And our autonomic nervous system has two branches. One is a sympathetic branch, which is warm. It's heat. It's fire. It's based in cortisol and adrenaline. It brings our heart rate up. It brings our blood pressure up. It sharpens the mind in in short bursts of energy. And the other branch of the autonomic system is the parasympathetic branch. It's cooling. It's relaxing. It is very calming to the mind. And body. It's based in serotonin and tryptophan and dopamine and oxytocin, things that create a greater sense of relaxation around the challenges that we have. And the great thing about the breathing is it's one of the few autonomic functions that take place on its own if we don't want to focus on our breathing. But if we do want to consciously control the length depth, and pace of our breathing. In other words, I can lengthen my inhale right now using my mind and tell the body to inhale longer and exhale longer. I can use my mind and tell my brain to tell my body to slow the breathing down and really bring the rate per minute of the breath down. And I can also use my mind to tell my brain to add more depth to the inhale, taking in more oxygen or add more depth to the exhale to detox myself of carbon dioxide levels. So one of the great things about breathing is it's a dual switch. And when we consciously start to control the length, depth, pace of our breathing, we have access to the mind and we can focus the mind on what we would prefer to occur in this moment of my life.
1: Can you talk a little bit about some of the techniques that you use to do that, to bring that breathing rate, the patterns down? What are the techniques?
0: Well, the first thing that we want folks to do is we want to stop all this habitual, shallow mouth breathing and hyperventilation that we see in our culture. The mouth breathing robs our body of energy quickly. It depletes our energy reserves that we have for the daily activities, which leave us uh, in the mind weak. Closing the mouth when we breathe is the place where we start. We are all born nasal breathers. Every animal on earth breathes through its nose its entire life, unless it's hunting or being hunted. Same with humans, when we breathe through the mouth, it triggers the lower part of our brain, our mammalian brain, the ancient brain, and it triggers fight or flight hormones to move through the body and neurochemistry in the brain. And when we're in these fight or flight protocols, when there is no risk of injury or danger, we begin to notice that these are simply thoughts and we can begin to see that whatever we believe is happening in any given moment is going to affect our biology. So getting the mouth closed, breathing through the nose is an amazing tool. God gave us these nostrils and sinuses, and it is a built-in ventilator to prevent airborne pollutants to enter the internal world of the temple of your body. There's thousands of little nasal turbinates inside the nostrils, which remove particles outside of you that could be holding viruses or bacteria or pollen or airborne pollutants. There's also filtration in the sinuses that help remove particles that you don't want to have inside your lungs or inside your body. And when we begin yeah. to breathe through the nose, a couple things happen almost instantaneously. Number one, the brain, seeing the nostril breathing, will naturally secrete nitric oxide, which is an amazing anti-inflammatory molecule. And in the anti-inflammatory molecule, we have the ability to keep pollutants outside of our body and oxygenate ourselves at an optimal level. Our blood remains healthy. In other words, the pH level of our blood in our gut is highly oxygenated so that we can digest eliminate and assimilate our nutrition quickly so it doesn't stay in the internal walls of our organs also inhaling through the nose we amplify the most amazing muscle in the human body out of all 610 muscles it's called the diaphragm muscle the diaphragm muscle separates your belly from your chest cavity. And when you inhale through your nose, the diaphragm muscle vertically presses down towards your low back. And in that, it creates amazing posture in the spine. It keeps the spine straight. And when the spine is straight and the inhale is smooth, steady, and comfortable, we can manage the mind. We can manage our thoughts. We manage the information that we're taking in from our environment much more efficiently than someone who's breathing through their mouth, in and out, which is very debilitating to the health of the system. So getting that inhale to come in through the nose and make sure when you're breathing, it's really important to keep your facial features completely relaxed. Notice if there's any area where you can release and relax around your eyes. Maybe the muscles you use to move your eyes might be holding old tension. And you can use your mind and a focused breath and just say to yourself silently, release and relax my eyes. And immediately you'll have greater circulation of oxygen moving through around your eye and cheekbone area. It's also really important to keep the low jaw relaxed. We want to separate the teeth a fraction of an inch unweight that TMJ joint, and we want to have the tongue rest on the upper palate with the front of the tongue behind the two front teeth. This opens the maxilla, the upper jawbone, so that our nostrils and sinuses are expanding east and west, and it creates wonderful structure of the skeletal face keeping the upper airway open. And here's a great tip. When you're breathing through your nose, Always exhale longer than your inhale. This triggers safety in the brain. The animal brain, the amygdala and the hypothalamus, the lower brain, will turn off. The higher brain will turn on the hippocampus. And there'll be new ideas, new suggestions, new concepts around all the habits and behaviors that we've cultivated so far in our life. But when the exhale is longer than the inhale, the body will naturally metabolize its fat stores rather than store fat. So just simply breathing in this fashion behind your computer, you're basically in an inflammation or weight loss reduction program. We know that the COVID-19 lives in our fat cells. We want to reduce inflammation and we want to improve circulation. So getting that breath to come in and out through your nose with a set of relaxed facial features and always exhaling longer than your inhale will keep you in this fat-burning mode, and you'll have an optimization of oxygen moving through your circulatory and nervous system.
1: That, that's so fascinating. Do you breathe through your can, can you breathe through your mouth and your nose at the same time?
0: It's impossible.
1: Okay. Can't I mean, it. I don't know. I really don't know that answer. You know? Yeah. Well. Okay.
0: Keep that mouth shut. You don't want to waste energy, especially during these times of anxiety and uncertainty. It takes a tremendous amount of energy from the body to hold the brain steady so that we manage our stress. Our stress doesn't manage us.
1: How many times a day do you uh, or how how long do do you recommend people do a, say, breathing session or well, how many times a day? Is there is there is there guidelines for that? Like am I, you know, that you would recommend?
0: That's a great question. You know, anytime you're learning something new, first and foremost, I think we need to psychologically bring ourselves into a position of what I call beginners mind. And when we're in beginners mind, you know, we're beginners, we're not experts. So we give ourselves some slack. We cut ourselves you know, a little bit of grace as we begin to introduce consciously new breathing patterns into our subconscious brain. So for a lot of folks, I like to just recommend when you start, give yourself a program that you're going to be able to stick with. So I think starting out with five minutes in the morning where you're looking to breathe diaphragmatically through your nose. When you're looking to add little brief periods of internal breath retentions when you hold the breath in, external breath retentions when you hold the breath out, these are tools that we can utilize to strengthen respiratory function, to strengthen the body's ability to digest and eliminate waste. So as soon as you begin to improve respiration protocols, the first benefactor is you become more efficient in your abdomen you become more efficient in removing waste and fats from the belly but you also become more efficient in raising a relaxation response and understanding the value of emotional intelligence emotional intelligence how we feel about things what is my mood about this what is my attitude about this thought so starting out with five minutes in the morning you're really setting in motion optimal breathing rhythms, and optimal psychological rhythms so that you can get through the day with the least amount of heartbeats as possible. You don't want to use any more energy than you need to to get through your day because it takes a tremendous amount of energy for the brain to feel safe enough for us to get a great night's sleep. In other words, if you had a lot of breath during the day and a lot of heartbeats and there was a lot of activity and you flooded your body with a lot of sympathetic activity, it's going to be very difficult for the brain to feel safe enough for us to get a good night's sleep. So starting out the day with a five-minute controlled breathing practice, and I have all sorts of different techniques. There's hundreds of different techniques. There's thousands of different ways to breathe. Yeah. It's a fascinating science.
1: It really is fascinating. I mean, completely So, Ed, let's talk for a moment about how breathing uh, ties into sleeping better at night, especially now, and how it all ties together.
0: Yeah, so when I work with folks that are having issues around getting a good night's sleep, the first place I start with folks is in the morning when we first open our eyes. And this is where we can begin to set in motion proper breathing, proper rhythms in the mind and body, Activating our circadian rhythm, which works off a light. Activating our ultradian rhythm, which is the nostril rotation. And all of these things play such a huge role in regard to how we move through the day, being in rhythm. And when we are disturbed during the day, when there is a lot of extra heartbeats and high blood pressure, when Mm -hmm. the body and brain are flooded with adrenaline and cortisol, and we exhaust our serotonin supplies, uh, it becomes very difficult for us to get a good night's sleep. So when we open our eyes in the morning, right there, we're either setting in motion in the future a great night's sleep, or we're setting in motion challenges around dropping into this wonderful nocturnal uh, sleep process. And it it really is a matter of choice, getting control of your breath in the morning, activating a parasympathetic response by slowing the breathing down, breathing diaphragmatically, exhaling longer than the inhale, really getting grounded in your body, feeling those feet touch the ground early in the day. This is so important as we prepare to move through an amazing sunlight-filled day. And when we awaken with gratitude, just for the fact that we've opened our eyes and we have an opportunity to go out and be the best we possibly can be, it is just an effect that has purpose to it. It's an effect where we can activate the passion of what we've cultivated so far in our life. So as you move through the day, breathing through your nostrils as slowly as you can, keeping your spine straight trying to receive information about the environment that you're working in before you react to it. Remember, as you move through the day, this simple formula, okay. breathing, breathing is going to affect your heart rate. In other words, the faster you breathe per minute, the faster your heart is going to beat. The slower you breathe per minute, the slower your heart's going to beat. So get control of your breath to control your heart rate. Your heart rate controls your blood pressure. Your blood pressure controls your neurochemistry and neurochemistry controls your hormonal secretions in your body. And whether you're going to burn fat, which is mucus, phlegm, uh, impediments to proper oxygen distribution, or you're going to store fat. You don't want to store fat. You want to burn it and you can do it by controlling your breath, keeping your heart rate and blood pressure in check, keeping your neurochemistry open and curious, then above all burning fat during the day just makes it a lot easier to get through what we're all working through at this moment in humanity and the communities that we're working with. When it comes time to sleep, there's a simple little breathing exercise that I like folks to do, uh, before, uh, they become, uh, vertical or become horizontal in the bed. And you just sit on the edge of the bed, have your feet on the ground, and you inhale as slowly as you can from your belly to your heart, and you hold the breath in for a two count. And then you exhale through your nose, drawing the navel back to the spine, and then you hold the breath out for a two count. And you'll do this four or five rounds, and you'll just slowly begin to bring up a real rich parasympathetic response. When you stop breathing in the control two count, you set in motion the mental intention that you would prefer to have a beautiful, restful, detox, great sleep. So you're using the mind and you're using breath control. You're using the slower breath to create a parasympathetic relaxation calming response in the body. You're using your mind to set the intention of what you want to occur is to have a restful night's sleep, sleep through the night and awaken the next morning, ready to go out and make the best version of yourself for the world. So you use that little breathing technique where it's inhale, hold two, exhale, hold two set in motion. What you would, what you want to occur while you're unconscious. now, if you awaken in the middle of the night when the melatonin secretions stop at 2 o'clock in the morning, no problem. We can re-channel the energy of the breath to feed the parasympathetic nervous system and the right prefrontal cortex, which is always relaxed and calm. And the technique there will be if you awaken in the middle of the night you want to fall back asleep, You'll take your thumb, and you'll close off the right nasal channel. You'll inhale slowly up the left nasal channel, which is parasympathetic in the nasal terpenites in the nasal channel. And then at the end of the inhale, you'll close off the left nostril, you'll release the thumb, and you'll exhale slowly out the right nasal channel on the exhale, and the right nasal channel on the exhale is parasympathetic. So the technique sure. is close off the right nostril, inhale up the left, close off the left, exhale right. Breathe in this fashion, five to 10 rounds and super slow motion while you do it. And as you breathe slowly and cross the breath like this across the brain, you will trigger serotonin and parasympathetic activity to unwind the adrenaline and cortisol, which has awakened you, and you will fall back asleep have the rest of the night unconscious
1: that is such great information ed everything that you told us today and just such great information you're amazing thank you thank you so much for being here and telling us all that i'm going to definitely be spending the week practicing the techniques that you uh suggested because they're they're really easy you know um Close your mouth. Breathe through your nose. I mean, it sounds easy. I can imagine it takes. Uh, you have to think about it. I mean, it's something that we need to think about. And so, thanks for being here. We're going to get on another podcast with you uh, soon. I'd love to talk to you more about activity, uh, stress, and what it does to the body, and also more about sleep. So, thanks again.
0: You too. Thanks so much, Ruth. It's great being with you and your audience, everyone. And as always, go be great.
1: Thanks, Ed. We will. Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye. This Sleep Better podcast was brought to you by The Sleep Forum.
1: For more information, visit thesleepforum.com.